Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, depending on where you are, and welcome to Hope for Today. My name is Naja Brown, your host. And we thank you for your support and participation. Hope for Today is an outreach program of Yield to the King Ministry and our hope and prayer for our listening audience all over the world is that you hear something that is encouraging, life-altering, or prompting you to study the Word of God. We welcome your comments anytime, and you can reach us through our website at www.yieldtothekingministry.org. Today we're going to talk about spiritual warfare and what it means to put on the full armor of God. The podcast is entitled Spiritual Warfare, Be Ready When the Devil Comes Knocking at Your Door, because he definitely will. Before we get into our scripture in Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, let's review the attributes of God. And this is going to lay a good foundation for us to to talk about and to consider as I continue through the podcast. This information is taken from a book entitled Strong Strong Man's His Name, What's His Game? And this is taken from a book by Drs. Jerry and Carol Robeson. It was originally published in 1983, and the ISBN number is 978-0-88368-6. Zero one dash zero. Again, the ISBN number by ISBN number is nine seven eight dash zero dash eight eight three six eight dash six zero one dash zero. So when we talk about spiritual warfare, we know we're going to read in Ephesians that it's not a, a war or battle against flesh and blood. We're going to talk about who God is. So God is spirit, and he is holy, which means he has never been touched by sin. He is eternal, which means he has always existed. He had no beginning, and he has no end. He is infinite, which means he is without limits and not bound by time. He is omnipresent. He is everywhere at once, at all times. He's omniscient, which means he's all-knowing. Nothing gets by him. He knows everything there is to know. He's omnipotent, which means he is almighty. And God is truth. He cannot lie, and nor has he ever lied. God is just, which means 100% of the time he is fair in all his actions with us. God is righteous, which means he's totally good. And then God is life. He is alive and is life-altering. He's unchangeable, so there's no variation, and that's spoken of in James chapter 1, verse 17. God is sovereign, which means he absolutely is the supreme ruler and he answers to nobody. God is love. God is faithful. He is absolutely trustworthy. And God is merciful which means the mercy that he imparts to us and shows us is beyond our human comprehension. 
God is provident, and he watches over and cares for his creation. Now, it's important to note that God's attributes never get out of balance with each other, and God never acts out of character. So with that, we've just established by going through who God is. Now, let's talk about who the enemy is. And, gosh, Satan has so many different names uh, that are spoken of in the Bible. I'm going to refer to him as Satan. I may interchangeably use the enemy or the adversary or the destroyer, but he's got many, many different names that he has referred to in the Bible, some of which are angel of light, angel of the bottomless pit, the antichrist, the beast, Beelzebub, the deceiver, devil, dragon, enemy, evil one, father of lies, it goes on and on and on. But let's talk about his attributes. Satan is a liar. That means that the truth is not in him. He is a murderer. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And that's spoken of in the book of John, chapter 10, verse 10. He is a sore of discord. Satan loves for there to be contention and strife among people. He's an adversary. He's cunning and very crafty. So in other words, don't trust anything he's about or anything that he's doing. He's wicked. He's also malignant, which means he is totally evil. He's cowardly. He's not going to stand up to the devil, nor his name, nor the authority. He's not going to stand up to Jesus, excuse me, nor his name or his authority. He is a tempter. He wants us to remain in sin because we know that the wages of sin is death, which means eternal separation from God. He's a thief. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy, like we said before. Satan is without principles and certainly without morals. He's proud, which is the very reason he was cast down from heaven. He's deceitful. He's fierce and he is cruel. So don't underestimate him. He doesn't have power over us, but he certainly has cunning ways, crafty ways, ways that he can lure us into temptation, ways that he can get us distracted and, and, and cause us to doubt and fear. Satan is also aggressive, and he is a destroyer. And he has a wrecking crew that works alongside him and with him. You know, when he was cast out of heaven, he was sent down uh, with a third of the angels. So I want to read some of the promotional material. So we just talked about who God is and who Satan is, but this is what I want to read to you. When we consider the attributes of God versus the attributes of Satan, immediately things are put into perspective. The devil is not a negative God. As children of the Most High, the Almighty, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, we must ask ourselves this question. What weapons formed against us shall prosper? And Scripture has the answer no weapons. Our charge is to be girded with the full armor of God. So let's ask ourselves this question, from where did Satan come? Well, he's a fallen angel. Like I mentioned before, he was cast down from heaven, and he took a third of the angels with him. In Isaiah chapter 14, the Old Testament book, Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 15, this is what it says. Verse 12. 
How you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. Verse 13 says, you said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mountain of assembly on the utmost heights of Mount Zaphon. Verse 14 says, I will ascend above the tops of the cloud. I will make myself like the Most High. Verse 15 says, But you are brought down to the realm of the dead, to the depths of the pit. So Satan is a fallen angel, and he is here to kill, steal, and destroy. He's got attributes that are worthy of noting, but not necessarily to cause us to live with trepidation or in fear. But he is a liar. He's the father of lies. He's a murderer. He's a, he's a thief. He's deceitful. He's cruel and fierce. He's a destroyer. He's cunning and crafty. So what do we need to do? Well, we need to gird ourselves with the full armor of God. So let's talk about the full armor of God. So turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to look at verses 10 through 18. That's Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. 10 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Verse 12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Verse 13 says, therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of the evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, verse 14 says, stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Verse 16 says, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Verse 17 says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And Verse 18 says, pray, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all the believers everywhere. So let's talk about the full armor of God. Put on the full armor of God is a command. It's instruction and it's a command so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. A defensive covering is what the full armor of God is, as if in metal or wood or leather, but it's worn to protect the body against weapons. It talks about the devil's schemes and the fiery darts. So let's talk about each of the items that are listed here in this passage in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. So we've got the belt. Okay, it says, stand firm in the belt of truth buckled around your waist. That's Ephesians 6, 14. The belt of truth involves two places, our hearts and our minds. Truth keeps us secure in Christ and makes effective all the other pieces of the armor. The belt of truth holds our armor in place. So we must, according to Psalm 86 and 11, commit ourselves daily to walk in the light of God's truth. Teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may live according to your truth. 
the breastplate. Well, with the breastplate of righteousness in place is what Ephesians chapter 6, 14 says. So think of this. A soldier with a breastplate goes into battle boldly and with confidence. You see, the devil is constantly attacking with lies and accusations and reminders of our past sin. Without the breastplate of righteousness, you know, everything that the devil throws at us will penetrate our hearts. So we have to become aware of who we are in Christ Jesus, stand firm in that, and then, you know, come into uh, the presence of the Lord and, and, and to know that he laid down his life for us. You know, it says that he made him who knew no sin to become sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. The shoes. For shoes put on the peace that comes from God, from, excuse me, from good news so that you will be fully prepared, Ephesians 6.15. Shoes allow us to stand firm and to step freely without fear while we turn our full attention to the battle at hand. Just think about how we get around. Just think about the difference between walking around barefoot in city streets, you know, with, the, with being vulnerable to stepping on just about anything uh, versus walking around with shoes on your feet. So shoes aid in our movement and defense. And the shoes God gives propels us onward to proclaim the true peace which is available in Christ Jesus. We must prepare ourselves to follow the Lord no matter what. Then we have the shield, shield of faith. Above all, it says in Ephesians 6.16, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. The shield not only defends our whole body, but also our armor. The shield of faith has a very specific function, which the Bible makes abundantly clear. It quenches all the fiery darts of the wicked one, not some, but all. And the shield moves with attack, so no matter what the direction, it moves, and it flows with us. Then we have the helmet, the helmet of salvation. Take the helmet of salvation in Ephesians six seventeen. it says, Satan's target is our minds. Satan's weapons are the lies. See, the enemy wants us to make uh, wants to make us doubt God and our salvation. The helmet protects our mind from the doubting and the truth of God's saving work for us. Since we belong to the day, we must be serious and put the armor of faith and love on our chest and put on the helmet of hope of salvation. That's 1 Thessalonians 5.18. And then we have the sword, the sword of the Spirit. Let's put on the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit is the only weapon of offense in the armor. But the Word and or the Bible is also a tool for defense strongholds and arguments and thoughts and all the weapons that the enemy uses against us, all of those can be cast down. We need to pull them down and have them to be subject to the Word of God, be subject to Christ. With the sword of the Spirit, God's Word, the people are equipped, we, you and I, to deal with them all. We need to trust in the truth of God's Word, and we need to have confidence in the value of God's Word. 
and we should hunger and thirst and desire it. And then there's prayer. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. We have to stay alert and be persistent in our prayers for all of our believers everywhere, Ephesians 6.18. So again, we know that the, the, one of Satan's names is, is that he's a thief. And in John 10.10, 10, it says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Christ says, I have come that they may have, you and I may have life, and have it more fully or more abundantly. So we have to know that the works of the devil are sin, sickness, fear, death, depression, murder, temptation, deception, lust and rebellion, and that's just to name a few. And in 1 John 3 and 8, it says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. So we as believers can say, because again we know that there's no weapons formed against us that can prosper, we can say thanks be to God because we have victory over the devil and his works in the name of Jesus and by his authority. As believers we must believe it, speak it, and receive it because it is finished. Another way that the devil will get to people is you know, in Mark 4:15, is a good analogy here. It says, some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, it says, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. We have to make sure that when we're sowing seeds and seeds are being sown in us, that it falls on fertile ground and that it takes root and that we apply it to our lives. We believe it, we take it, we receive it, and we apply it and we live it out. The enemy would like for us to doubt, would like for us to question, and so he has a crafty and cunning way to come along and to take away the word that was sown in you and I. We have to recognize the way that he works. He's a liar. He's an accuser of the brethren. He's an adversary. He loves for there to be contention and strife. You know, he is the reason for, again, I said this earlier, he is the cause of all the sickness and suffering in the human race. If you go back and look at what happened in the Garden of Eden uh, in the book of Genesis, when Eve and Adam, out of disobedience, caused and are responsible for the entire fall of the human race, mankind. So the devil is crafty. We know that. So if we go back and we consider our passage in Ephesians chapter 6 and we look at verses 10 through 18 again, it says that, well, verse 12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark, dark world, and against the spiritual forces of the evil in the heavenly realms. So we have to know that because God is almighty, um, omnipotent, he is all-knowing, omniscient, he is everywhere at once, omnipresent, that he is always working around us. And our protection and our refuge and our solace is in him. So we, again, have to responsibly gird ourselves with the full armor of God 
and make sure that we have on all of the pieces of the armor, not just some, but all of the pieces. So in conclusion, put on the full armor of God. I can't say that enough today. And we're not talking about later on, tomorrow or next week. We're talking about now, and that's an emphatic now. Let there be no further delay. If there's been any delay in your life, let there be no further delay. Full armor means completely, not partially. Now just think if we only had on our breastplate and not our belt of truth that holds the armor in place, we would be a moving target. What about a missing helmet of salvation? There would be no guarding of our head or our mind. Another scenario could be we have shoes on our feet, but we don't have the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, our weapon. So we're going places, but the vulnerable are, are, we're, but we are vulnerable based on the steps we take and where we end up. How about we can't find our shield of faith and we have to go into battle? How prepared do you think we'll be, or better yet, how long do you think we'll last on the battlefield without suffering some sort of wound or injury? No one knows the day or the hour Christ is returning, but he will return and fulfill prophecy. In the meantime, look around you and notice the world's events that are going on, the things that are happening all over to people you know and those you don't know. Murder is rampant and deception is the new truth. People tell lies publicly and think nothing of it. Even when they get caught in their lie, they continue to deceive themselves and try to deceive others. I could go on and on and on. We need to take a stand for Christ, gird ourselves with his full armor, and go out in confidence knowing that the God you serve, the God to whom you belong, who he is, know his attributes. And then we can say, thanks be to God, we have victory over the devil and his works in the name of Jesus and by his authority. And again, I said it earlier, as believers, we must believe it, speak it, and receive it because it is finished. So with that, I am going to bring this podcast to a close. I thank you for joining us today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your participation. And I will say in closing, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you peace. God bless you, and we will talk again in a couple of weeks.